Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. The opportunity for agencies to provide value to their clients is now greater than it has ever been. Because the last 10 or 15 years of digital advertising has just been a series of different arbitrage moments where all of us have just been clamoring for the low-hanging fruit. During that time, we got away from real marketing. But now, based on a number of different changes that have been taking in the landscape, the opportunity for us to do real marketing, the stuff that we got into this industry for, is now back. And that opportunity we're seizing the moment. And those that kind of relish in that and are excited about that change are really going to thrive in the coming future. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. And this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today we're going to be talking all about Google and AI-generated creative. Kasim Aslam, how are you, That's buddy? right, Ralph Reburns. <laughs> <laughs> you're somewhere very specific here today in the land of the medievals that you're not yeah, I'm, in I'm your in normal Pragu. spot. Yeah, Pragu. Yeah, I, this is my new favorite city. Prague, if you haven't been, is amazing. It's stunning. It's beautiful. You have to go and, and eat some goulash. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like I was saying on the pre-record, it's my wife's favorite city. and we, we have paintings of it all around our house, but I've never actually been there. So now you've inspired me to take my next European trip over there. We are uh, going to be tripping out today on some really cool stuff. And with our guest here, Patrick Gilbert, who's the COO of Adventure Media. And he's going to drop a little bit of a nugget to start and things that we're going to get into a little bit more in today's show. Welcome to Professional Traffic, Patrick. What's going on, guys? Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, drop a knowledge bomb here for our listeners, something that uh, we were just chattering about here in the pre-record that looks absolutely amazing and what we're going to be talking about here on today's show. What's your nugget du jour for the Professional Traffic listener? I think one of the big shifts that we're seeing is a new found importance of creative. I think creative matters more now than it has over the last 10 years. And what I would encourage everyone to do, whether you're a graphic design or somebody that's never played around with Canva before, is to learn about AI-generated art with a tool like Midjourney, Dolly, or Stable Diffusion, and start playing around with how you can make graphic images. Because what we are seeing now is this is bridging the gap to be able to convey creative vision. And I have no background in photography or art or anything, but after about a week of playing around with Midjourney, I was able to completely expedite the process that it took for me to convey creative strategy to one of our designers. And it cut out probably two weeks worth of drafts for one client in particular and being able to create a whole new set of ads that we were immediately able to upload into Facebook, Instagram, Google, and TikTok. 
So what I would encourage everyone to do is start playing around with those tools that the AI generated image, the AI image generating tools and be able to figure out how you can leverage that today in your business because creative is not going away and it's going to continue to become more important as this industry evolves. So you may have heard of Dolly or Midjourney or Stable Diffusion. There's a number of them. I would recommend downloading one of those. I happen to be playing around with Midjourney a lot these days. And to learn about this technology and to see how it could be useful in your business. I've really been geeking out about this stuff over the last like month or so. And it has absolutely transformed what we're doing here in Adventure Media. So tell us, like, like, what do you need for inputs? Like, how do you use it? Like, well, obviously, leave links in the show notes here. T. Explain it to my grandma, Patrick. Like, what, what would we have to tell grandma? I would say, like, it's one of those things that when you just describe it to somebody, they, at first sight, it seems as if it's like clip art being pieced together. And I want to say that it's not that. So anyone listening, you have to just go to the Dolly Wikipedia page and you'll see, you'll immediately get it. Where like, I'm pretty sure like it'll show you, okay, the text prompt was teddy bears underwater working on AI technology with technology from the 90s. And it's exactly that. It's, it looks two teddy bears sitting in a fish tank with like old school radio headsets, like typing on a computer. That image has never been created before. That's not clip art. That's not Photoshop work. That's not rendering. It, it is a completely... AI-driven image that has never been created before. These tools are fascinating, and it is, they've really taken off over the last, really like in the last three to six months. So the background of all of this is that a company called OpenAI was working on a large language model called GPT, GP3, GPT-3, rather, which eventually became DALI, which was released in January of last year. But it was a limited release, and not a lot of people had access to it. And they were making a lot of headlines and people were talking about what this was going to do to the future of creative and all these different things. This summer, Midjourney was released and it's hosted on Discord, if you guys are familiar, which is basically like a, it's a messaging app that's used in gaming. But Midjourney completely runs on a Discord server and anyone can download it and you can just start creating imagery by texting, but by putting in a prompt of three people on a podcast, one of them is in Prague is in the backdrop. And like this AI bot will just create it in it. It is nuts what you can unlock. So that's essentially the background of it. And it's really taking off and it's, it's getting better and more interesting every single day. Cause a lot of people are learning more about it. Like mid journey in particular being on discord is really interesting because all these people are collaborating with, Hey, here's how I was creating like a rendering of what a tornado looks like. Like, here's how I, here's how I tailored my prompts. Essentially, all of us have been trained over the last 20 years to get better at searching on Google. And all of those skills are now like, what we're witnessing is the Google certification of things. So now we have AI generated imagery, but if you do a little searching, like you'll find there's all these different things that are being created. Like AI generated video is like coming around the corner and AI generated music and it's all text to insert the blank. So it's like the Google certification of that stuff. And, and that's the big shift that is taking place with a lot of these types of tools. It is so cool. Like one of the examples I'm looking at right now is John, uh, the prompt was John Oliver in the style of Picasso. Just random. See, how cool can this be for agencies or just for advertisers just in particular? And how relevant is today? It's not all about the tips and tricks anymore. Maybe this is the tip and trick right now. It's the way in which to hack the creative more than anything else using some of these tools, which this is a super useful one, which we will leave links in the show notes for all these things. 
make sure that you do check that out if you're driving right now. And I'm going to be spending a fair amount of time later this afternoon on this. That's for damn sure. So we're going to get into more with Patrick Gilbert about AI generated creative as well as future of Google ads a little bit more after this quick break. Powerful segue. Really well done. Yeah. They work best under pressure. (laughs) Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. And we're back with Patrick Gilbert, who, by the way, is one of my favorite thought leaders in the PPC space. And that's new for me. I didn't know Patrick very well. He and I were on an interview with Fred Vallis over at PPC Chat, which you should check out. And Patrick dropped just a knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. And I'm not trying to embarrass him. I don't want him to blush. But I do want you to know, if you haven't checked out Patrick Gilbert, look him up, look at his interviews, and go buy his book. It's Join or Die. Is that right, Patrick? Join or Die Digital Advertising in the Age of Automation. If you just search for a Join or Die book, you'll find it. Um, Kasim, I appreciate the kind words. It really means a lot. But yeah, that's the book. We So I'm at Adventure Media. And a lot of people know us from our CEO, Isaac Radansky. He published, I don't know, a, a million different Udemy courses on Google Ads and Facebook chatbots and retargeting and landing page optimization and a bunch of other stuff over the years. But all of us have bought into the concept. Like We, we love creating content. We love creating a culture collaboration, not just in our agency, but elsewhere in the community. I think we were fortunate when we were starting the agency about 10 years ago, there was this really exciting grassroots collaboration taking place in the PPC space. A lot of people were sharing just ideas and thoughts and, hey, here's a script that I wrote that makes this report. That was essentially how we got started. We like leaned on people we had never met before, but wrote a cool blog post. And that's something that has been deep rooted into our psyche since day one. So we're very big on like creating a platform for people to share great ideas because ultimately it makes all of us better in the long run. My book was released. It's really about 
using automation, machine learning in marketing, whether it's related to smart bidding or you name it, just showing the direction of where we're going out with technology. But a lot of our other content is about really anything in the digital advertising space. Yeah. And you're something of, I'm going to call like marketing philosophy, Patrick, you're like a marketing philosopher because you're, it's interesting to hear you talk about what's coming, how you're using the tools that are currently available. And the AI generated creative is, is the perfect example of that. You're the first person I've heard talk about this from a functional perspective. I've heard a lot about it just in the blogosphere and people playing and dreaming, but it sounds like you're really using it. You said something before we started recording that really blew my mind. And I want everybody listening to spend some time thinking about this because it will change the entire construct of creative development from both an agency and business perspective. You said in order to produce one of these images or a collection of these images, it would take an entire art department a month or months with some of these mandates. If I went out, I'm looking at one of them on the blog you have over at Adventure PPC, and it's like Kurt Vonnegut sitting in an air, ad, how do, what do I say this? <laughs> the Adirondack Mountains. It's a mountain Adirondack. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't go to college. Oh, at golden hour, his back to the camera, feet on the dock, looking over at a group of ducks on the right side of the scene. So if you had to hand that to a graphic artist, it's definitely days for damn sure, just for the first draft. And then there's iteration, there's back and forth, et cetera. And it took what to, for the AI to pump this out? 60 seconds, I imagine. 60 seconds. And that was within the first 30 minutes of me downloading MidJourney onto my MacBook. I had no okay. idea what I was doing. And I like, and that's... I, not to get like super philosophical about what this does to creativity, but that was like the least creative thing I could have done. Because I took an author that I really like, like downloaded this cool thing. So sitting on my couch and I down, it was like a Saturday morning and I downloaded this program and I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, like the world is at my fingertips. What should I do? And I'm looking at my bookshelf and there's a Vonnegut book and I'm obsessed with Vonnegut. So I, I think that, and I love the Adirondack Mountains. It's where my family has vacation forever. And like, my happy place is sitting on a dock at sunset at the Adir in the Adirondacks. So I just basically said, what would that look like if Kurt Vonnegut was sitting there? And that was awesome. And I created that. And that's published on that blog post. But that's not super creative because like, that's a person that I know and a place that I've been. But if you follow what happens in that blog post, it, it gets crazy. Abstract, and I start to take it into a different realm where I'm thinking more about feelings and self-portraits and that's just like my own experience with it. Like all of a sudden I felt more creative in a way that like, I'm not a, I'm not a creative here. Like I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not an artist. I don't claim to be any. Of that. That's where this gets philosophical, right? Because then it begs the question as to what is a creative? Cause up until this point, a creative has been a person that's been capable of the, what would you say? The skill set necessary for the final output. But now that the skill set necessary for the final output has been digitized, it makes creativity accessible to those of us that up until now have not have been labeled as non-creatives. And yet here you are in this blog post thinking up the most creative shit, a hopeful phoenix rising above ominous ashes, dystopian and symbolic. Are you freaking kidding me, dude? That's so creative. And this image is amazing. I would have this tattooed on my body. It's beautiful. Thank you. But no, so if you take a step back, what it's really showing is what Ben Thompson of Stratechery, which is a, a tech blog, what he would refer to as the unbundling of AI. And this is really, this is happening in a lot of different areas of technology, but the AI generated artwork is the best example of it because a picture is worth a thousand words. What this does is historically to be an artist, you need two different unique sets of skills. You need to have a brain that thinks creatively and can see imagery and can have a vision for things. 
And then you need to be able to be brilliant with a paintbrush or you really need to know how to use Photoshop or InDesign. Things that take, I don't know, 10,000 hours to master. But all of a sudden, if you can like put a line in between that and say, okay, let the 10,000 hours of Photoshop work or whatever it would have taken me to master that is now just going to be done by AI. I can now focus my time and attention on the creative piece. Like now all of a sudden, like what you can unlock is otherworldly. But so the premise that, by the way, the, the blog post you're referencing, it's on adventureppc.com. It's something I'm, I was really excited to, to talk about because that was a jump off point for me. And what that transpired is I realized that this could be valuable in translating creative vision to a graphic. We work with a, a lot of graphic designers for our clients. And in particular, I just wanted to test this out. And I took a client off the shelf. We work with a client called Slinger Bag. They create the world's greatest tennis ball launcher. If you're into tennis, check out Slinger. It's the coolest product you'll ever find. But anyway, I wanted to create a, a, an ad mock-up of what tennis in the future would look like. So my vision for it was a tennis court in the middle of a like futuristic metropolis. And in my mind, I was thinking something like the Galactic City in Star Wars or the Jetsons, something like with that sort of theme with tennis court and then somebody playing with the slinger bag on the tennis court. Now, when I think of that, it's probably very different from what you think of and what a graphic designer would think of and so on and so forth. So if I were to ask you to draw that, you might not come back with what I had in mind originally. And now I would have feedback and we'd have to communicate and there's a lot going back and forth. There's a lot going to be lost in translation, but there's also a lot of time and money that's being wasted in the process. So within 10 minutes of me playing around with Midjourney, I was able to create a pretty, exactly what I was thinking in my mind. This is what I had in mind as far as like the skyline, the scenery, the type of tennis court. And I sent it to one of our graphic designers. And a week later, he completely drew a different version of it with the slinger bag on the court and a player. And now we have an ad mock-up. And it saved a ton of time and resources to be able to take that from like idea inception to, oh, now we have something we can upload into Facebook tomorrow. And that's something that has never been possible before. And it's never been that easy. And that was just my first example with it before I actually handed this tool to somebody that could actually take this AI-generated artwork to the next level, which was when I gave it to Isaac, who is an artist. But I can go into that in a second. What are the licensing rules here? Can we use these images in ads? Yeah. It's, it's one of these things. It's the Wild West right now. But technically, like any artwork that you see in that blog post, like I own that. Like I created that. What? Even one of my images is like a rendition of that famous Banksy like balloon photo, but it's my take on it. Like, but hold on, you've got Malcolm Gladwell sitting in a kosher restaurant playing chess. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one too. It's brilliant. And I'm a big Gladwell fan. Could you use that image, do you think? Like, or you've got another one here that's really good. Hocus Pocus Sanderson Sisters of Sugar Cookies. Is this, we could just start pumping these out and without much in the way of, obviously we probably couldn't use the Marvel logo per se, yeah. but the way you could use memes, you could use this imagery because it's all open source created by a computer, not owned by anybody. You could. I think it's a gray area. I'm not going to like be on either side of this yet because I think that we're going to find out more over the coming months. Google we'll make legal out. commitments to us, Patrick. Right. <laughs> Google actually came out with a narrative related to S like on the SEO side about AI generated artwork being used. And like, essentially, they're saying that they're like not in love with the idea because this can be used for like, I can't go out there and say, this is what Malcolm Gladwell looks like because it's not. It's an AI renditioned version of what the Mid Journey bot thinks Malcolm Gladwell looks like. 
So it's a very weird topic as far as what's use case. But as far as like creating new artwork that can then be like iterated with used in Photoshop as a template or whatever, I think that's completely fair game. Dude, it's funny because we've gone back to the content is king mantra and the ability to produce something like this without shackles, like it's, I just think it's going to be huge for brands. It's really going to give people the opportunity to communicate a message to their audience. Um, like we said earlier, I love what you said about the, what is it, the unshackling or the unbundling of AI? Unbundling of AI. Yeah. You opened up a whole new demographic of creative people and you, you armed them with the tools that would be necessary to articulate a vision. I just think this is so important. And a year from now, this is going to be ubiquitous. Everyone's going, okay. oh yeah, of course we're using AI-generated creative. Like, why? yeah, right. duh. I'll give you the next example. So Isaac, our CEO, was an artist before he started Adventure Media Group. That's how we got into it. The backstory is that he was trying to figure out how to sell his artwork online, got obsessed with Google AdWords, ended up never selling a painting, but started an agency as a result of it. But he's an incredible artist and an incredible, just has an eye for design in these things. He became completely obsessed with Midjourney and then like immediately was able to produce things that like, if I spent the next year and a half doing nothing but that, I wouldn't be able to do what he's already done. And we went in to pitch a new creative campaign to a jewelry client last week. And he spent four hours creating, I want to say 30 different slides of ad concepts. Now it wasn't like my example. In my example, I created a mock-up that I sent to a designer and then they took it and ran with it. His, he pitched these like fully fleshed out images that were 100% created in mid-journey. Not one thing was altered in Photoshop and it took him four hours. And that was my example I said to you before we recorded where it's like, that would have taken an art department a month and $20,000 to produce. And it's absolutely stunning. And the client thought it was beautiful, but hated the concept. So now we're sitting in this meeting and we're so excited about it. And like the mission state, it was, it was like Don Draper-esque pitch meeting. Like it was one of the best pitches I've been a part of. But the client was like, listen, like this wasn't the direction we wanted to move in. The artwork is stunning, but this isn't the direction. So 15 minutes later, Isaac has three other mock-ups for him and one of them they liked and they were like, that's the direction you should move in. So can you make more like that? So think of all the time that we saved. That would have taken, I don't know, weeks upon weeks and painstaking conversations going back and forth with drafts and criticism and this, that, whatever. He just sp spun out another three different variations that were completely different from what we had brought in there with. And now all of a sudden we're up and running with a whole new set of creatives literally a week later. It's just, it's unbelievable what this has done. And like the point I was making at the very beginning is like, when you look at what's happening with Facebook and in Google with Performance Max and TikTok and like literally any sort of ad platform right now, creative is becoming more important than it has ever been. So all of a sudden we're given this tool to be able to take creative to a level that we never dreamed of before. It's unbelievable and it's so freaking exciting. Does the AI play with context? Could you say image of me walking a dog in the park for Instagram? Or maybe another layer of that for a 40-year-old Caucasian female who's shopping for a wedding dress. Do you know what I mean? Like, How much of that sprinkling upon do we have access to? So I don't think so yet, but I, like, I would not be surprised if that was. So Mid Journey is much more like artsy 
like kinds of people that would get into the mid-journey stuff or the kinds of people that would spend a lot of time on Reddit, unless like trying to, those types of people aren't really immediately thinking about how this can be used for advertising. But I do think that's something that will absolutely happen. Now you can change the format. You can say what like aspect ratio you want it in. So for Instagram or whatever, and you can make it. So you said before the concept of it was John Oliver as Picasso, right? That's the thing that you see all the time. It's, I've seen images that it's, oh, a couple walking down the street in the theme of a Pixar movie or in the style of Rembrandt, or as if it was Norman Rockwell painting it. And so that's, that stuff's kind of very easy for the AI to pick up, pick up on because it's been trained on all this artwork already. So it knows what a Norman Rockwell painting will look like. It knows what a Pixar image will look like and can use that stylistically in the imagery. I don't know, two months from now, they might be able to figure out like what, maybe not two months, but I wouldn't be surprised if in the future you can embed this with actual like demographic targeting and figure out what's going to work best. This has been tremendous. Obviously, we're going to leave a lot of links in the show notes here, obviously, to the blog post, which I think explains it even further in more detail, if you're really interested in learning more about this stuff, as well as three different resources that we mentioned here uh, on the show. But this is definitely something you want to check out. This is the strong call to action, because this is looking like the future. And having just came from Meta, a few weeks back, this is what they're really working on. And they're working on video, like on the AI side. So this is where the puck is headed, so to speak, to quote the great Wayne Gretzky. And Patrick, you're the, uh, you're the hockey player who's helping take us there. So we appreciate that. Where can people find you if they do want to learn more about what you do? So adventureppc.com. Check out any of our resources. Yeah, otherwise, check us out at adventurepbc.com. Awesome. Thanks for listening here. Uh, make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening to podcasts and let us know what we can do better. We absolutely do read everything that you submit. So that's over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Check that out and follow me, Ralph Burns on LinkedIn and Kasim over on the Twitters at Kasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes, of course. And like I said, every resource that we have will be over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 